There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It's questions from the audience. I'm your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, alongside Gangster Pete. Gangster Pete, your stock continues to skyrocket with the audience. <laughs> that might change after the 7 o'clock hour today. I, li I liked it. I became... All right, let's do this. Let's go right out of the gate. This is a yeah. question from the audience. This is something that I wanted to discuss if I put it on the fan page, the people who uh, either want to uh, fuck me or kill me, I can't tell what the difference is. I feel like there's a very fine line right. between the two uh, with like, oh, this is a good opportunity to take a shot at Tim. But if I were to rank overall athletic careers and then, and then secondarily rank athletic prowess right now, I'll start with athletic careers. I'd go Doug, you... Then it's very murky as we have a large gap, I think, between two and three. But I really didn't have an athletic career at all, so I don't think I'm in the in the three spot. Uh, I guess I go the cat, Iggy, me, Plowhawk. I think that's where I would go. Where, <laughs> I think, where would you go on that? I think would, you, would you put yourself first? Would you put yourself first? I don't, think, don't, don't shy away from it, by the way. I think that's pretty fair. I mean, you might flip-flop you at one and two. Yeah, I mean it's one one a, you know. And this is operating off the premise that we're all eight, that we're all eighteen to twenty years old. This right. is not. So I want to. So I want to make that clear. So, you know, glory days, Uncle Rico. <laughs> shit, that's what I'm talking about. Right. But you were a star cross country runner, cross country track, track, and then, I mean, I was pretty good at basketball. On Desmet, and this is when Desmet was good. Well, yeah, I mean, I only played on the freshman team. Then I focused on running after that, and had offers from Marquette and TCU. Uh, lots of, I mean, I had letters from all over the country, but look at you. Those were the places I visited. I mean, that's like, that's pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we're going to be real honest about it, I don't have the college runner body like that. What's like a college? The, I don't the, even know what that is. The what elite is that? runners like, what, have, like tall and weigh like a hundred pounds. Yeah. They just have a much longer stride than I have. So it would have been a pretty uphill battle to be as competitive as I would have wanted to be. But, uh. The year-round thing was the big turnoff for me. I don't blame you. That's no way to experience college <laughs> yeah. unless you're, like, going to be running the Olympics or something. Well, I remember I went on my uh, first trip with a fraternity. as a float trip. And then I, I that signed. Delta Theta? Yeah, I signed that night. My good buddy Gene's brother was the rush chair. So I signed that night, and I remember having to tell my parents, and I was freaked out. They're going to, like, freak out. And they're cool about it. God bless America. So they weren't pissed that you were going to pass on the, uh, did you have like, it, was it scholarships? I mean, were you going to yeah, be taken care of? Yeah. I mean, if they were, if they were pissed, they didn't really let me know about no. it. So but, I go, I, I, I mean, Doug was on, but he didn't play. At least he says he doesn't play, but I think Doug goes out of his way to be self-deprecating. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why I wouldn't have any problem putting him number one. Yeah, But he was on two back-to-back -back state runner up. So they played in the state championship game at Kirkwood. I don't know what it was, 72, 73 or something around there. Uh, then played college baseball. Um, and like, even now when we see him play golf, it's like, he's got a natural swing and I realize yeah. golf isn't necessarily in the same category with, you know, take your pick of other sports. But 
That's that's my reasoning. So I'm, I'm the cat thing is based on pure faith, um, <laughs> and then I'll yield to Iggy again the 18 to 20 year thing, uh, and then I think I'll beat out the Plowhawk, but I'm not even really sure on that either. Um, so I'm put myself fifth or possibly sixth, and I put Doug one, you two. That's where I am, and I think I think you can kind of mishmash three, four, five, six on the TMA roster of athletic glory where are you gangster pete what do you think uh yeah i mean i think that ranking's accurate uh i mean it's it's really not that big a deal it's we're talking well about i mean i don't know if anything we do from seven <laughs> to ten has ever been that big of a deal so right you know to keep it in context but i, I just know there's people out there to think that i was probably trying to make a big deal of it i'm really not that's good then that increases either the love for you or the hate mm-hmm. for you, which, uh, which is going on current day now it's completely unfair because doug's in his 60s the cat's in his late 50s iggy's right. in his 60s i'm 43 you're 37 8 39 39 you skipped a year uh and uh plowhawk's 31 if i covered everybody's yep. bases i think current i think i would put you one i'd put me two and now, now I feel like now it's a mishmash. I might put Doug three. I think I'd put Doug three. You put Doug three. Yep. God, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, then then you're then you're really. I mean, really, who who do you give the edge to on four? Because you go okay, well the Plowhawk's only thirty one. It's got to be right. the Plowhawk. But I mean, he he struggles to finish eighteen holes of golf <laughs> with a cart. I don't know. I don't know where I go four, five, six. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. I don't feel. I don't feel real strongly about anybody at six, and I don't feel real strongly <laughs> about anybody at four. I feel pretty comfortable on on the top three. Right. That's where I am on it. Do you have a strong feeling on four, five, six? Do you uh, have a strong feeling on anything? This place could be I, on fire right now. You'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck, you want to get up or not?" I'd probably go Cat Iggy Plowhawk. Unless, I mean, if we're talking golf, then I go your number one, obviously, and then Iggy's up there. But all all sports, yeah, I think that's. I think your ranking's pretty good. Yeah, but 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 if we were to do like somebody suggested, you ought to do like a TMA <laughs> Olympics with right. the six members of the dais, and I mean everybody's got their shit going on. Do you have any injuries right now? Uh, no, I'm good. Oh, so you would ship it? Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd ship it comfortably. I'd feel good about it. Oh, I mean, and then like the only thing that I might have a chance at would be running, but that's your advantage. So because yep. I can't do anything with the uh, upper body, so. Uh, yeah, that, that was something I wanted to put out there and I'm like, oh, all that's going to lead to is like opportunities for people to like shit on the people they hate. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't feel like participating in any of that stuff today. <laughs> you are always welcome to send any questions, opinions, stories, comments, whatever. It does not matter. T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, I also posted on the TMA fan page and, uh, and that is there for your, uh, perusal as well or your submissions although more people send them in via email for the anonymity or just more people are on or not on facebook and uh, get involved so i got a bunch of them again because i didn't get to them all last week before we do friendly reminder t mckernan at inside stl.com we do this at least once a week um and we are in the homeloanexpert.com studios i am in the studios with gangster pete i'm doing the radio show for my place and then i drive two minutes and come up here and do the uh the podcast but I guess I'm in studio next week. At least that's currently the plan. That's what the schedule says. Studio. So we will all six be in the same studio. But I haven't seen Doug or the Cats since February. Now that I've seen Plowhawk and Iggy at the Fan Pin Club Championship. 
And is it just mirrors the, the Plowhawk losing weight? Dude, he looked really skinny. I don't know. Yeah, but he's vascular as fuck. Well, that, that, usually he's got a hoodie and jeans yeah. on here, so you, I couldn't tell. And then I saw him on the golf course, and I was like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm dead. We, we were having a debate. I don't know if you were in the debate or not. If you weighed combined Plowhawk and his opponent, Cisco, <laughs> would they weigh more than Mark Milton? And Mark Milton was participating in this, by the way. Right. This is the, and he goes, God, I don't know. And I said, <laughs> I think the Plowhawk's got to be like 125-ish. Cisco looks like maybe 140. And Mark goes, well, I weigh 270. And I go, well, then, then I mean, we really got a sweat. We would have a hell of a sweat if you Milton's combined Milton's a big you know. boy. He is. I mean, he's a tall guy, too. It's oh, yeah. Like he's like my height in 270. So... Um, anyway, the homeloanexpert.com studio sponsor here on the program. Uh, in late April, I refinanced with Ryan Kelly and here's the process. I emailed, uh, I believe it was Monty at Ryan's office. And I said, Hey, I think we're going to do it this time. I had checked in before a bunch of times and he said, great time to do it. Here's what we can do. Here's this option for this. Here's option for that. Here's this option for this. I'm like, all right, cool. We're gonna do it. I'm down at spring training still. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I might not be able to do everything because until I get back. And he's like, no, we can knock out. East sign here, East sign here. And, and the next thing I know, it's like ready to go and I'm closing and I'm saving 20 plus percent on my monthly payment. That's how easy it is. It used to be more complex. Ryan has a system. Everybody follows the system and it is working. And I am a uh, first person account of that. It's online at thehomeloanexpert.com or... As you can really get yourself a nice home right now, people are maybe a little hesitant because of the pandemic. Fine. Use that to your advantage. Get pre-approved with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com. Uh, also, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency has with, been with us from the very beginning. Couldn't be more grateful. He came up with a brilliant idea just out of nowhere last week. Uh, I guess I would describe it as like dynamic advertising campaigns. I know that's not what he called it, but it was an idea that he had. Um, it's just brilliant. I mean, it's not even his industry and he's better at this than, than the one that he actually practices in or he's better than this than I am. And it's not the one that he practices in, but he's as good as it's going to ever get in, uh, insurance. Uh, James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. I switched to James Carlton. I advise you to do the same as well. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent. I made the switch. It couldn't have been any easier James Carlton, 314-961-4800. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Design Air Heating and Cooling, and Jim Rogers of Restoration One, all podcast sponsors here on the Tim McKernan Show. I'll tell you more about all of them as we go along, but let's start things off with this one. Let's see if this person's going to let me use their name, just first name, Dylan. Uh, hey, Tim, I have been podcasting like the Dickens from the last week and currently listening to the TMA segment, which you discuss uh, the report of you possibly buying the radio station and plan to incorporate more video, social media, podcasts, merchandise, etc. I also recently listened to the Great Buck Swopes podcast on the 2011 Cardinals, which ties into this idea. Would you consider or have you considered one of your revenue silos? Nice. To be a production company. I know you've talked about how the Rams leaving town would be a perfect 30 for 30, so why not do it yourself? Would your company venture into creating that type of content? I can bet your first question will be, would it generate revenue? Is that juice worth the squeeze in your eyes? I feel that there are a bunch of different stories, like the 2011 Cardinals run and the Blues Cup run, but you could also dig deeper into stories such as how the death of Oscar Tavares altered the franchise to this day, something I catch myself wondering about at times. 
I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts and appreciate all the work you and Pete do. P.S. I was talking to my dad the other day and couldn't fucking believe when he told me. Uh, oh, this is a, this is not for the uh, podcast <laughs> purpose. <laughs> but he did finish it with this. Hope all is well and good luck this Sunday in the Fan Page Club <laughs> Championship. So that was sent on the 4th, Thursday. And uh, and I really did get a bunch of emails that, that weren't about the Fan Page Club Championship. <laughs> but they would finish off like, good luck at the Fan Page Club Championship. Um, so I, I like this question and I selected it to read because it allows me well, a couple of things. And I just want to keep driving this home. And Pete knows this. Pete and I talked about it for, I don't know what we talked about it for yesterday, Pete, 30 minutes, 45 yep. minutes with regard to the radio station. Anytime the topic comes up, I don't know what's going to wind up happening. I don't count anything. I'm talking about even an advertising deal for $2,000 a month, uh, to buying a radio station or any other entity or a home. It doesn't matter until both parties have signed it. I have people signing NDAs. I don't, I don't count it until both parties have signed and executed the document. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, I know this sounds very standard, but I want to emphasize that. I also know that if you are, you know, have not experienced, you know, having something regarding yourself or your business written about in a public forum, newspaper, you know, or online, whatever the case might be, then you can't necessarily relate to it, but I still think you probably can understand where I'm coming from when I say just because it's in print or online digitally does not necessarily mean that it is done. And that is why I did not comment in the article. That's one of the reasons why I did not comment on the article. So I want to drive that home. I want to, anytime the topic comes up, I want to drive that home. So if for whatever reason it doesn't happen, people say, well, you said it was going to happen. I mean, every time I, I say the same thing. Secondarily, um, so many things to say regarding the questions. What I consider or have I considered one of my revenue silos, I love the use of revenue silo, to be a production company. I know you've talked about how the Rams leaving town would be a perfect 30 for 30, so why not do it yourself? Would your company venture into creating that type of content? I can bet your first question will be, would it generate revenue? Is that juice worth a squeeze? So yes, it would generate revenue. We would have to just be an absolute failure of a business to not generate revenue. The question is, does it generate a profit? That's the question. Um, and listen, I, I, this might be embarrassing. I'm sitting across from a guy with an MBA, but dead serious. <laughs> when I started inside STL in 2005, I, it's not to say I didn't know the difference. I had never had to worry about revenue versus profit or managing a business or a balance sheet or budgeting. It just, it's not what you had to do when you were fucking anchoring sports casts. So now that is my world. Now it is everything. If and when we do get to a point where we buy the station, I'm probably going to get into some details regarding the health of the business that will probably help answer the thing where Iggy deserves a raise. It's like, well, yeah, I think Iggy's ridiculously talented and everything, but here's, here's the state, here's the state of the organization. Now if we want to do that. We're going to have to take that away from this in order to do it. So if you want blood money, take your blood money, but this is the reality of the moment in June of 2020. And hopefully at that point, people would understand if they don't, they don't, but at least it will be backed up with numbers. So with regard to doing something like just is the example that was presented a 30 for 30 on the Rams about, I think it was around 2006. Uh, it had to be 2006 or 2007. Cause I can picture where I was when I was having the conversation. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman who at the time was the executive producer of Fox sports Midwest. And I wanted to do exactly what this person is talking about, although obviously not the Rams because they were still in town, but essentially like 30 for 30s, but on St. Louis-based topics. And he called me, and we had a nice conversation, and he explained to me why it would not be possible. Pete, do you have any idea why this would not be possible? 
Uh, just because it doesn't have enough reach nationally? No, so that's, a, that's certainly a good thought. I actually think from a revenue-generating standpoint, we could generate enough, but not enough. I don't know if we could generate enough. The issue is how much it costs to get the rights to the video to hashtag B-roll a 30-minute or hour-long or two-hour-long special um, as an independent company. You know, ESPN, is there a ballpark the number, are, like with something like that? With I costs? remember him saying it in like something like, because I, I remember talking about it. The reason why I know outside of where I was, I was in my, my place where I was living, and I can picture where I was the years. Uh, so I knew it had to be 2006, 2007, and I knew that we were coming up on the 10th anniversary of Missouri-Nebraska. Is an example, right. which I thought would be a great 30 for 30 yeah. kind of the, the kickball one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that would be a great. And listen, there's obviously other ones, but that was one. So I'm not just looking for the obvious ones, not like the Cardinals won the World Series last year. Let's do a retrospective, like kind of going into uh, the weeds a little bit, like what this person did with suggesting the Tavares thing. Um, and he was like laying out, okay, okay, we don't own that video. It was an ABC ESPN game, I think ABC at the time. So you'd have to get that and for just 30 seconds of video it would cost and he gave me some number and I'm like oh my god you know much less your production costs on videographers editors producers whatever you would factor in your time uh salespeople to sell sponsorships and advertising the time we would charge to buy the time here and I'm going oh and he goes so you can see what I'm talking about now I mean if I had somebody bankroll it to the tune of you know certainly six figures maybe seven figures it's something that that I think could be a profitable venture. I do think it's possible, but that gives you the idea of why it's not something you just can do. Buck Swope does 30 for 30s on TMA, and as it's under the umbrella of Inside STL, and Inside STL owns the content of TMA, that's why that works. And then he interviews, you know, people on TMA or <laughs> listeners of TMA, so it's a different deal than producing video for a 30 for 30. Um, so, But, I mean, it's a great question because, listen, why would anybody on the outside know anything about it? And had I not looked into it 13, 14 years ago, I wouldn't know why it's not possible. But that is why, well, I mean, again, it's possible, but it has a great deal of expense. Secondarily, as far as what we visualize doing, um, and I want to make this clear, and I'll have to say it over and over again. First off, the main thing that I would tell anybody if this is to happen, and I want to talk about it like it's going to happen, but I just don't know if it's going to. Um, I know that it's our plan to try to make it happen. Um, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do with what we have right now. And the only way we are going to get this thing to where we want it to go and to where, fortunately, a number of people believe it can go is to take care of things that we see as issues right now. So I can't recall who it was. I feel like it might have been talked about on this podcast. It might have actually come out of your mouth, Gangster Pete. But it was something along the lines of don't dig wide and shallow, dig deep and narrow. In other words, focus on one or two things and get them right. And once you feel like you've righted those, then begin the expansion project um, or process. So there may be people who, if we do uh, come to an agreement and get a deal done, would uh, go, how come this still isn't happening? How come you haven't done this? And why isn't this person making $7,000 a show to do, you know? And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always try to answer the question. I want to answer the questions. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm like I said, I've, every podcast ever since Portnoy and Eric Nardini did the thing with Call Her Daddy, I felt liberated. Because uh, I'm like, good, I can talk about it now. And it's like accepted that you can talk about it now. So that way I can ex explain it. 
And I think that helps inform, you know, our audience, which I want them to be informed. But we have, we have a lot of work to do here. A lot of work to do here. So much work to do here. I have people who are very, uh, I would say close to me, it makes it sound like family, but people who are in my circle with regard to business who have advised me not to pursue it. Um, and, and somewhat passionately, but because of certainly, um, people on TMA, uh, people who I know will come to work with us if we are to able to get this done and people who are already in the building, the roster, I say over and over again, I believe we can get it done. It's just going to take time. In addition, June 2020 is the most unhealthy economy uh, we have experienced in our lives, unless you want to incorporate ranking March 2020, March or April and May 2020 in there. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was going to be difficult had we done this deal in January of 2020. It's exponentially more difficult than June 2020. That's just reality. If people don't see that or disagree with it, that's fine. I guess what I would ask for anytime it comes up is to give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm, I'm being honest with you and that I have numbers at my disposal that, that fuel, uh, these decisions and, and these explanations. If I can't give all of the numbers, but the overall premise being, we have so many things that we need to tend to out of the gate that we're already actually, as I'm sitting here right now, our, if we buy it, general manager is meeting with people as it is. Um, and he will be the person. And that's another thing I need to drive home to people. Don't get me wrong. The buck stops here with me. That, that will always be the case, whether I'm responsible for it or not, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I, I got, I got to own it. But, um, but if we win, we win as a team. And if we lose, I'm going to just eat shit. And that's just the way that it's going to be. And that's the way you got to do it. That's the right way. From my standpoint, it's the right way you got to do it. And, and so we have a lot of things that we need to fix in house before we start trying to build this into whatever people visualize. So, um, I love the ideas. I love people coming to me with ideas because uh, a lot of people have. A lot of people have expressed interest in working in this. What a great thing that is. What a great compliment that people are like, I know what you're trying to do or I think I know what you're trying to do and I want to be a part of it. And that's a great compliment. Um, but I also want to explain, A, it's not done. And B, uh, we have a lot of work to do with the situations that we already have before we start growing. But we are not viewing this as a radio station play. We are viewing this as when I when I do five-year projections, there are seven items, uh, seven line items that, that, that are, that are contributing to the overall business's revenue. So, uh, I always like the chance to explain. Uh, so I like the question because it's a good question, but I wanted to give that perspective. Gangster Pete, you are a savvy, uh, business person <laughs> in the sense that, uh, you created uh, our merchandise last year, last 18 months, and also have a great understanding of business. Plus you're in the trenches here. So you have an understanding, uh, your thoughts on the query. Uh, I love Dylan. I love the idea of the production company, and I think that's a good idea for further down the road. It's something you can explore. But when you're starting a new business, which is basically what we'd be doing, uh, you have limited resources. You need to focus those resources on your most important aspects of the business first. So once you get all that squared away, you can start thinking about expanding and other things. We're going to be producing more video content and things like that anyway, so it'd be a natural progression. But uh, at the beginning, I mean, you just can't spread yourself that thin. Right. And that's what, and it's one of those things that I'm glad, you know, I have a couple of people already who are, who are involved in this, uh, or would be involved in it, I guess. And it's like, we have all these ideas. I mean, it, it just, it's like, it's, 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 it's that's exciting. That's the rush. Um, and you catch yourself cause in a way we've kind of done this before, although this is at a much more, um, I don't know, um, 
formal, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, than, than it was in 2013 when I just blind, and I don't blindly, but I mean, I'm 36 years old when I did this. So it's not like I was a baby and Bert Kaufman who owed 920 said, okay, you need to guarantee this much money personally guarantee. And I didn't even think anything of it, which is nuts to think <laughs> of. I mean, it's, it's not like it was like, you know, whatever, there's no dollar figure I can say that wins. So it doesn't matter, but it was to me anyway, an amount of money that, that counts. Um, and more money than I make in a year. Let me put it that way. Uh, and, uh, you can't just go, Oh, okay. You know I mean? But I just, we really believed in it. I believe in this. The outlier for this situation is where things are going to go over the next six months to 18 months with the economy. That is something that's out of our control. But as far as the people who are going to be a part of it, the people who are already in the building, who I know will be a part of it, and there will be inevitably changes. Um, but, uh, and, and, and the enthusiasm from people, whether it be investors or audience members of people who want to come and work here. Um, I'm just, I really am bullish on it. And, um, I'm so bullish on it actually that if I, if I had the means to do it all 100% myself, as far as, uh, bankrolling it, I would that, which, which by the way is kind of fucking nuts. Um, but that's, that's how, that's how strongly I feel about it. But again, if the economy goes into the absolute tank, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what. So, but, but Hey, that's gotta be part of the process as far as your calculation on, on whether or not you want to, um, do something like this. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, is Iggy's value at an all time high or does it hurt his value without his up-to-date contact list slash Rolodex? That's from, uh, it's on the fan page. I'll just say DA. Um, yes, I would say that, but, um, this, uh, kind of new, uh, fan page talk about is Iggy's been carrying the show. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, it's great. It, Iggy has been an incredibly important show, part of the show, like going back to 2007 when I think you first appeared on the show. Um, but we are in a, it's like, it's, so it's like when we're talking about the fan page club championship or the nitwit shit we were talking about today with the, the best athletes or worst athletes on TMA. <laughs> right. It's like, God, what do you guys do? It's like, what would you, what would you honestly, what, what, what are we, what are we not discussing that you would like us to when we're talking about this stupid shit? <laughs> Every day I go to the same topic. You, you you send over links about the state of baseball and its return. <laughs> I scour. I mean, today I was reading some from the fucking New York Times, which I read, but not usually for sports because it was the most updated thing on the baseball situation. I'm usually looking for Rosenthal or Passan. Hockey is, quote unquote, supposed to start, uh, but I'm told not for a while. Uh, and by that, I mean like August. And... You know, football's just kind of like going, thank God nobody's paying attention to us because I that thing to me is, you know, that that's that's a that's a that, I, I guess people are just assuming these things are going to happen because the leagues say they're going to happen, and I'm just not sure that's the case. You you do you agree with me on that? I guess yeah, you do, like, you're shaking your head, like which whole, I don't obviously as we're talking about potentially buying what is perceived anyway as a sports talk radio station. Certainly something I have to pay attention to, and my investors have to pay attention to. So. I want them to be playing, but I also don't want to sit here and bullshit the audience. I want them to be playing too, but as far as like baseball is concerned, I I'm almost like losing interest in the the negotiations. It's just like depressing. It's like get it together. It's like I'd almost then rather just figure it out and come back next year. I'll take hockey and basketball. Yeah, if we get it, I would I would be thrilled. I think golf is positioned can't wait to really 
have an opportunity here over the next few weeks. Um, and how the, and, and they're miking players this week in Fort Worth for an event that normally, who won it? Do you even know who won last? Did Kevin Now win last year? He, I think it was him last year. I, I knew he won an event. I know it was, you know, he's not a yeah, bomber. Yeah, because you get that this plaid jacket. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Kevin so, Nye. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a random event, but it has an absurd field. <laughs> Those feature groups field. are awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's nuts. What do you have, Fowler, Spieth, and Thomas? Mm-hmm. You know, you have those boys together again, uh, SB2K. But um, it, the, the, the premise to the question being Iggy's value, we're all just bullshitting. And yet, for the record, now that we've, now that like it's like just understood we're not going to get into, I'll get into them here, but we're not going to get into COVID-19, just dumb shit. Uh, and, uh, you know, protests on the show. I mean, listen, if, if, if anybody on the show wants to talk about it, it's not like I'm going to text them and go, Hey, motherfucker, they're welcome to, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm happy to bring it up here, but, um, I just, I don't think it's, I, it just, it does, it does not lead to what I think is a great discussion on our show. That's my analysis, but it's not my show, contrary to the way it is portrayed. And so if the cat wanted to talk about it, Doug wanted to talk about it, or Peter, Iggy, or Paul wanted to talk about it, have at it, you know, have at it. But from my standpoint, we've had enough of, had, had enough of those over the years uh, where sometimes I think they can be great, but other times certain topics I think get into a spot where it's precarious at best. Uh, I don't think it's awfully productive. And, um, I don't, I also think when it gets down to it, it's just really shitty radio. So it's shitty radio with no upside and a lot of risk. So, you know, that's the analysis. And therefore I think if you see it the way I see it, and obviously that's the way that I see it, then you would go, yeah, why would you get into it? I'm comfortable talking about the stuff, um, here in the podcast because you're not at risk of somebody stepping on somebody or somebody taking something the wrong way. And it turns into a shouting match about something that could really put somebody's career at risk. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So that's the reasoning. So yeah, we're just talking about nitwit shit. And when it's nitwit shit, Iggy is, you know, is, is incredible. So, um, you know, but I mean, but, but even when we're in the midst of like the blue Stanley cup playoff run last year and, and he was very, uh, he probably spoke less than any of the five people in the main studio. So Pete's in his own control room. Uh, I would still tell you that Iggy had incredible value. I, I play, you know, playing golf with people who are listeners of the show and they'll give their opinions, which is cool. It's not like, I'm like, Oh, you motherfucker. It's fine. I mean, because they count every person counts. Uh, and then I just think you have to have this person and this person, if this person's not there, it doesn't really matter but this person, you know, and I'm like every time people value Iggy that way, you know, it's, so it's not like, oh, well, the producers don't count the on air people count. It's not because everybody is on air. Uh, and, and it really, when it gets down to it, everybody kind of contributes in different ways to producing also. So, you know, just have specific roles, I suppose. But as far as contributing conversation, everybody's involved, but Iggy's outstanding. Iggy's you just can't create Iggy and and his ability to deliver this shit, uh, <laughs> like straight faced. Even when we were just playing golf the other day in the Fan Pin Club Championship, you know, right. it's like Cam's like chirping him <laughs> and like, oh, you must have had Dover Soul and a bottle of wine last night. And he's like, nope, made a hamburger, buddy, and drank drank like a beer or something like that, buddy, or something like that, you know. And he's just kind of mumbling to himself, but the camera picks it up. I mean, it's just that's who he is. He is <laughs> it, people say, do you really believe his stories? Yes, I do believe his stories. Uh, this one comes from Daniel. The Fan Page Club Championship truly is the greatest eight months of the year, even for someone like me standing outside the fire. Thank you 
Thank you guys for the focus of putting a microscope on the tourneys, every crucial uh, event. So no one misses a beat. It's awesome. Seeing Doug and the cat do their best Stadler and Waldorf Muppets uh, act is gold. Kudos. That comes from Daniel. I think we could do even more with the fan page club championship. I think it could be even more. Uh, and I would love to do it. So it would uh, certainly be something I would be interested in doing more, doing leagues and doing m more with video and all kinds of crap with it. It's uh, it's great stuff. Gangster Pete, uh, you played a gentleman who you had to give three pops to. That's right. Uh, the people in your group said nothing against anybody, but looking at it probably shouldn't have been in a spot where you're giving pops. Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't want to make excuses. The guy, the guy outplayed me. Uh, what was your shortfall that day? Uh, I would say the three of the par threes. I kind of hit my approach shot fat, and so I had to hit a good chip shot. And your strength, and yeah, it's those iron. irons, yeah. But uh, had a bad first hole, and then uh, I got it together after that. I didn't play great. But I had my chances to win the match, and I just I didn't hit the shots when I needed to, so it's all on me. If you're taking a step back, what what do you think? If you had to assess, of course, arbitrarily, a handicap of your opponent, what do you think it would be? What would his gin be? I'd say 15. 15. And he was playing as an Playing at 17. 17. Okay. All right. So it's not really a... Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, deal. I knew what it was going into it, so... Uh, I had my chances. I, I mean, I, I like the challenge of having to give pops. That's fun for me. Yeah. So uh, I I really, I, I said 75% of the field would have beaten me, considering, again, the stroke situation. I'm playing as an eight in this thing. And I think that might be conservative. I really think I would have lost to more than 75% of the field. I played so poorly. Um, so... But it's but but I mean it was it's just fun. I mean there's no I mean it's fun and you know and it's kind of what it's got to be. So you know we we're giving Mark Milton shit because he's listed as a 21 and he legitimately has a gin. Now of course you still can fuck with that if you really want to do that. That's not Mark Milton's personality. It's just not that's not even like there's not even like a sliver of me that thinks Mark Milton's sandbagging. Um, but if you, if you just have it where you're on, and it's because it, I I had it I, I feel like one round this year it was down at spring training uh and i was just out there by myself and it was just like god i know i'm gonna be on a regulation every hole it just was on the timing was right and, and the feel was right and it was just and then it was a matter of what i hit the birdie putt uh so the score is going to be super low that's that's the thing if you have the ability and we're playing from the whites and playing the ball up so it kind of mitigates some of the potential advantages you know the quote-unquote better players have uh you know, it's possible to do that. It's, is it likely? Of course not. Do I think he will break 85 next time? Probably not. But is it possible? Yeah, it's, it's a possible. I could, I could shoot in the mid-70s there. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Again, playing from the white tees and playing the ball up, that's why shooting like around 90 is like, holy shit. Um, so with that said, um, it's just a really fun event and the tip of the cap to Jennings Randolph Jr. and Sean Barnes and everyone at Gateway because A, that course is just, I mean, it really is. Pure AF. I mean, if, if we were at a country club, I wouldn't go, wow, this is a country club. Like, this is a country club caliber course as far as the, the health of the golf course and the, the layout. Um, 
and you know, put it to pull off an, an event like that is a hell of an accomplishment. I, I think it's better that you don't have a bunch of low handicaps. You got a bunch yeah, of characters. That's what makes, it, you know? that's what makes it fun. It's more, it's more relatable to everybody yeah. than having a bunch of really good oh, golfers yeah. out it's, there. You know, because I'm, mean, well, I'm used to when I'm when I'm playing, I'm usually the worst player in the group, and and kind of comfortably too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm playing with guys who are, I guess, the scratch. Some, I guess, there are a couple pluses, but you know, scratch one, two, three, fours. And I'm at seven and a half, and I'm kind of like the the jackass guy. Oh, you're getting a pop on this hole. What a joke, you know? And then in this thing, it's like, oh, Tim is the buzzsaw. And I'm just like, trust me on this. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to lay off the gas pedal by any means. I would love to win. It's just my fucking nature. But I'm not going to win this thing. I'm. It's just It's just the, the, the way that the whole thing is set up. But Iggy, I'm telling you, for similar reasons, I thought you were live. Iggy is, Iggy is, Iggy is live. Iggy is live because we're playing, you know, there are only two par fours at over 400 yards. Yeah. So if Iggy, and I don't know what he really, like if he really got caught a ball, you know, taking wind out of the equation, what's the furthest he can hit it? I I guess 250. I I think people assume you can hit 250 and not most people hit it 250, but they think they're hitting it 250. Right. Uh, So either way, so fine. He's playing a lot of 360 to the 400 yard par fours so let's say he's hitting a 220 and he's in the fairway i mean it's he's going to be able to, to reach and his game is just solid he's a dangerous dangerous 18 um what is your long-term vision for the podcast dominate local stories if something big happens in st louis who is the go-to media figure that will get the interview no one jumps out at me is the obvious answer mike bush charlie brennan mandy murphy why not you you got the podcast platform. Why not make it the must-listen-to podcast in St. Louis? Or go broader and interview topical guests, national writers, academia, porn stars, anyone making news a la Stern Rogan. This gets into the what is your brand question, but that's a whole other discussion. Whatever the vision, how do you plan to get there? Uh, I like I like the question. It kind of then builds off of a premise that that's what I want by saying how do you plan to get there. Um, here is what I want. Here is what I want. I really want threesomes. I really want that. But I guess if I if I had to choose between threesomes and um, and having a place to go in Florida, Jupiter, uh, in the winter, all while maintaining a, a residence year-round in St. Louis, that's what I want. That's honestly what I want. Now, some people might go, fuck you. Who do you think you are? I don't know. I don't know. But, I, but people ask the question. I'm going to give you the answer. That's what I want. I hate Pete, we both play a lot of golf, so we were just talking about, and right around October 1st-ish, give or take, you get out on the golf course and you notice some of the leaves on the green. Right. And it, I can't tell you how much it depresses <laughs> me. And it's not because the leaves are obstructions on my putt. It is foreshadowing of the next seven months, really, of shitty weather with occasional nice days. And I just don't, I just, it's for me, it's just not a way I want to live. I'm much happier when the weather is nice. I mean, it's beautiful weather in St. Louis right now, relatively speaking. However, today we're experiencing, I guess, some of the bands of the uh, tropical storm that, that's made its way up from the Gulf. Lansky. Uh, tropical storm Lansky, thank you. And so it's raining. And so it's just kind of a crappy day, but at least it's not cold. But the, the clouds, the rain, um, occasional snow, freezing rain, and having that for about half the year, it's just not a way I want to live. Um, and, you know, growing up 
you know, I think for some of my friends, um, you know, in, in what are real money to circles, uh, they did have options, not necessarily to live elsewhere or they would live elsewhere during the, but their families did have places, you know, um, you know, I guess Florida, I guess that would probably be the, the main one, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, I, I guess both, both sides and Naples, you know, Jupiter played that, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's money that just is not anything. And I, and I also don't want to portray it as I, I grew up, you know, uh, but I mean, there, there's, there's, there's money and then there's what people think is money. And then there's the money that nobody want. The people who have that money don't want you to know they have it. It is, it's just, it's, it, it's almost a common thread. The guy with the take your pick of whatever sports car that, you know, somebody who's 13 is jerking themselves off into a frenzy over is not the guy with the real money. I'm just telling you that's the way that it is. The real money wants you to have zero idea about it. Um, like the real, real, real. And then I'm sure there are exceptions you can point to, but it's, and it's just not something, you know, growing up, but, and I'm not looking to become like some ridiculous, but I just, I want to have the ability to go to Florida, you know, kind of when I want. And now with what's taken place with the pandemic, what I always believed to be the case, which is you can do a, the radio show and podcasts wherever it doesn't matter. Uh, now that's proven shit. I haven't been in the studio doing TMA since the first week of February. Um, that's what I, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. So I want to make enough that I, that, that I'm not like renting something for these ridiculous prices that they get during, you know, the high season and have a place. And if me and my wife, um, you know, cause eventually my son's not going to want to hang out with me, uh, want to go down there and, uh, and, and just get away from this. That's, that's what we want to do. And by this, I mean, I'm talking about the shit that goes on weather wise from November through April. It's just not what I want to live in. And, uh, if I have 30 years left, I don't want 15 of them mathematically to be spent when I'm sitting inside my house watching TV. It's just not the way I want to live when there are other options. So that is what I, that's the, that's the, that's the goal. I don't think there's a vision. That's the goal. Um, because what I am doing is, you know, I'm, I'm under contract with this company for another year and a half. So I'm essentially just saying goodbye to that. Um, you know, because it's, it's, it's guaranteed money. It's not like, it's like a, you know, these things, these corporations do where it's a three month out and you know, you just get, get it shoved up your ass, which is not any, that's, that's pretty much across the board, all corporations, um, and almost all talents. So I think about that part of it and I would rather control my own destiny. Again, I wouldn't do it though, if it weren't for the roster, that's the key thing. If, if the person who we, um, you know, again, assuming this all takes place, wouldn't be available as GM, I probably wouldn't do it. If the per, you know, if some of these other uh, folks who you'll maybe get to know here, if this happens, uh, weren't available and weren't wanting to come and work here, uh, I wouldn't have pursued it. If um, if TMA wasn't what TMA is, uh, I wouldn't have pursued it. Knowing some of the potential podcasts uh, as options um, that are out there. Uh, if I, that weren't in play, wouldn't have done it. So it's all these things I have personally, when you ask the question of what is your long-term vision for the podcast, dominate local stories. That's just not, that's not, that's not the way I'm wired. Um, I don't like that. I, and by that, I mean, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm competitive. Like I give a fuck about like winning, like even a stupid $10 NASA in, in golf. But I'm like, oh, they got the interview. We didn't fuck. Or, oh, I got the interview. They didn't. Good. I don't care. I've never understood that. Growing up in television news, 
where the producers would all be watching. Like I was at Channel 4, but this goes back to when I was in Columbia, Missouri, uh, and watching KMIZ and what is it, KRCG, KCRG, KRCG, is the CBS there? Something like Rod, that. Rod's Big Old Fish. Yeah. Uh, and like what they have and like, oh, this is what they led with. Oh, they beat us on the story. And I'm like, it never amounts to dollars. We're all not going to be paid shit no matter what. So why are we caught up in this stuff that does not impact our day-to-day -day lives? Who fucking cares? You know, and at this point, the idea of, quote, dominating, everything is so fragmented that really, I, who who is who actually is dominating? Who is, I don't know who's dominating. I, I guess ratings-wise, the Rizzuto show is, by definition, dominating and I would certainly say they are dominating but that's but even if they are dominating that doesn't mean that all of a sudden like a 65 year old woman is going to go oh the Rizzuto show is number one I'm going to listen to it now it's not most likely what she is going to like um so it, it so it's kind of like it's it, we're living in a Netflix world and by that I mean people can access the content that they want so for the first I don't know five to seven, eight years of this radio show, we would get the people, and I, I guess they still pop up because I made reference to it. Why are you guys talking about the Fan Page Club Championship? You know, those kinds of people. But it's like, at this point now, even the olds know, okay, if they don't if they don't like it, there are all these other choices. Um, and so you don't have to like, go, oh, I've got to get the interview with, I don't know who would even be a, a figure of interest. I, I, I Take your pick of whomever. First, I don't, the, the honest answer is I don't care. I understand the question. The question is more suited though for like the 90s or 2000s. But even then, it wasn't something that I really understood. Um, and, and cause, cause, cause it wasn't, it wasn't something that our, our management cared about either. And I knew it was also not how we were going to be hired, uh, or how we were going to be hired was how you looked when it got down to it in television, uh, I mean, you could be breaking all the stories in the world, but if you're experiencing male pattern baldness and you're overweight, it doesn't fucking matter. Trust me. I mean, that's just, that's, that's the game. People don't talk about it, but that's the game. Look at who's doing television news. You think it's a coincidence? Uh, so that's just, that's just the real way it works. So that never, that never, you know, I, every, for me, everything goes back to, I really do think everything goes back to, I don't know what it was, but Howard Stern had a bunch of reporters in the studio one day and, uh, and they were asking him questions and he said, look at you, look at all of you. You all think you're celebrities, but in reality, you're all replaceable. You, you, you only matter for how much money you generate for your stations. And if you don't generate any revenue for your station, you're all replaceable. And I was like, oh my God, he just like, he just really fucking laid it out. That's the truth. That's the deal. That's the real deal. Now, some people are like, oh, he's on TV or she's on TV, but it doesn't matter, man. All replaceable, all replaceable. And um, so in that sense, I, th there's there's no quote unquote dominate. I mean, who really, I, some people probably don't even know who Mike Bush and Mandy Murphy are as I'm saying this or Charlie Brennan. And it's nothing against them, but it's just, that's the, that's the way that things have moved. Just like plenty of people who know who Mandy Murphy and Mike Bush are have zero idea who I am. Um, but like the olds get caught up in like the local TV thing and it's just like, all right, get, keep getting caught up in that thing. And then it, it was just getting passed by. Um, so I don't know, man, I just want to do the stuff that interests me. Cause if I start doing shit where I'm like, 
oh, this is the big interview. Like people have said, oh, you ought to get Carl Edwards on. He's from Columbia, Missouri. He's a race car driver. I'm like, oh, I know who he is. I have no interest in it, though. And that, that's not to shit on what he does. I know some race car fans are hypersensitive about that. I just don't have any interest in it. I know the vast majority of the world knows, or American sports fans know Carl Edwards, you know, at an exponential rate more than, than Adam Long, but I'm interested in golf. And so a local guy who I've gotten to know, I would rather interview him than something I know nothing about. And it's not a reflection of Carl or Adam. It's, it's my own interest. And if I'm engaged, I think the content is better. And then the listener has the choice of, oh, he has Adam Long on. I don't like golf. I don't fucking care what he has to say. So I'm not going to listen. But if I did an interview with Carl Edwards, it would essentially be like what a producer came up with me to ask, and it would be terrible. It would be a bad interview. So that's that's where I am. Whatever engages me is what I'm going to do, and then it's genuine. It's authentic content. Um, and if it works, then great. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to like change what's gotten us to this point to go, oh, shit, well, this is where the money is going. It's just not who I am. And that's not to say it's better or worse because I look at some of these guys who I think are essentially playing to an audience but don't really think these things and they're making much more money than I am. But that's just not, that's just not the route that I uh, want to go. Gangster Pete, I know the question was directed to me. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never been shooting the shit with my friends and they're like, oh my God, did you see who broke that story or this story? Yeah, it's just not you know? anymore. Uh, basically, there's outlets they like to get their information from and if there's stuff that interests them there, they go listen to it. Yeah. And so... If you're passionate about what you're doing, it'll be better. It'll be better content and more people will be interested in listening to it than faking your way through something you don't care about. And, and so essentially that's what questions, I love doing questions from the audience. Part of it is because, you know, with doing 15 hours a week where you have six people talking, five people really talking and, and like, if there's a pause, I feel like I like have to grab it <laughs> to do a live read or to, 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 to redirect the show. Uh, you know, this is just like I can breathe and really expound on things. So I love doing this. I love doing it. Um, and I love that, that, that it seems like it, you know, people enjoy listening to it and that's, you know, super cool and everything. But I also, you know, if there, if there's a question as I'm scrolling through it, as you've heard me do, I go, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm not interested in this or, oh, this wouldn't be good to read. It's got to engage me in some, in some capacity in order to, uh, to, to want to get into it. Uh, before I go into the next question, let me tell our audience about the wonderful Mark Hanna from Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He is online at evergreenstl.com. Let me give you an example. And maybe Mark, I don't know, maybe this isn't for public knowledge. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's uh, anything that's really classified. But, um, you know, Mark read the article about the possibility of uh, us buying the radio station. He said, hey, if you just want somebody to bounce some things off of with regard, you know, to a financial background, I'd be happy to, you know, just let me know anytime you want. I'm just like, man, that's just, you know, I know some people might go, oh, well, big deal. I mean, he likes the show and he probably wants to hear, you know, what's going on, what you're thinking. And he's an advertiser. And I go, but I, that's not what's going on. Just, I know him. He's a really just genuinely good person who isn't like, Hey, you know, I really only want people who have, you know, you know, seven figure net worth or something. That's, that's just not the game. That's just not who he is. As a matter of fact, in his copy, it says he helps everyday people every day. Uh, and he just, I think there's a lot of, um, just, he wants to, to help people. Uh, certainly he's a businessman. We're all businessmen in some capacity, but, uh, he just wants to do what he thinks is right. And I really like him and respect him. And so when we're talking about financial advisors, I, 
feel strongly about it because I messed up in my 20s and part of my 30s and I want to get it right. And that's why I want to send people to people who I know are quality people. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, 314-889-0503. You want a sounding board. You want somebody to manage your money. You want somebody to put your family on the right path, just yourself. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. His name is Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies evergreenstl.com. Next question. Uh, let's see. Hi, Tim. In regards to the coronavirus, this is not a question I would address on TMA, but here it's our, it's our spot where we'll talk about whatever. Uh, do you think a long-term benefit may be people using more of their paid sick leave if they get it through work instead of pushing through and coming to work sick? Additionally, could there be an influx of using vacation time instead of leaving days on the table? because of the last several weeks. I know for me personally, I have left more than five days on the table each of the last four years. That will not be happening this year. COVID has led me to realize there's more to life than work. I'm 29, by the way. Thoughts, thanks, that's R in the Midwest. Gangster Pete, I could be wrong on this, but I, cause I track my vacation days just because it got to a point where people are obsessed with how much time I took off. I think that's mainly because like, like at the time producer Joe would come in and run point and the show would just kind of be a mess. Um, and so I might, when I would take time off, people would really hate on it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you guys say I take like six weeks a year and I just, I know I don't. So then I track it. And like last week, last year, I think I took a total of 13 days. So two and a half weeks, even though I, my contract allows for, uh, much more than that. Um, but what I was about to say is I don't know if anyone has taken a vacation on TMA in 2020. And if they have, it might be for like a couple of days, but I don't think anybody has gone on like, well, you know, Doug did a couple in January, but the reason I'm saying it is because once March rolled around, nobody's right. going anywhere. You know what I mean? The cat was supposed to go on that cruise. Right. Which Doug, uh, <laughs> certainly distracted, uh, with the laughter and then maybe advised <laughs> him not to do, which was probably a good, yeah, thing. it's probably a good move. Am I right on that? I mean, uh, I know yeah. I'm asking you to recall who's taken vacation. Well, I think Iggy did actually, he was really, I think, kind of over the holidays, the, the, around the time. Oh, yeah, of, that too, yeah. But but anyway, I mean, since mid-March, I don't think it's happened. Uh, no. I just saw the Plowhawk sent an email this morning to station management about taking time in July. Um, my wife, I mean, for, for us, with a two-year-old, it's just not something that's really, really, we can't go anywhere long-term, you know, without him. It's just not in the cards. Um, you haven't taken anything, I don't think. Or did I went you go, to, you Vegas go to Las Vegas in February. Like brief, like a couple yeah, days. I missed a Friday and a Monday. But here is where I am. And this is something that I said back when we were operating radio programming. And I would say it if we are again here, you know, sometime soon. I really feel strongly about this. We had a gentleman in yesterday, Gangster Pete and I. Um, I won't say his name because I don't know if it's for probably. It doesn't matter. Good Pete, dude. Pete, Pete, great guy. A plus guy. A plus guy doing the family interviews. Uh, sound story in which, by the way. I'm available to do the interviews, as you know, if you're interested in me interviewing your family member or me interviewing you about your family member, uh, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. But now Doug and the cat are also available to do it. So I realize plenty of people would not want me interviewing their family members. And I've already gotten three requests for Doug. It took one mention of that, and it's already happened. I, I, I had a feeling that was going to happen. And Doug's Females? like, absolutely. <laughs> uh, at least is this moment all men, which also <laughs> isn't surprising. Yeah, that's not surprising. Um this is T. McKernan inside STL.com if you're interested in what we uh, call sound story. Um, so with that said, uh, 
this gentleman, I was asking him because he's been successful in business. And I said, Hey, I'm just curious. And this was both during the interview and these are private interviews for families. Um, and then afterwards we wound up talking, Mr. Great guy, just, just one of those guys you could sit and talk to forever. And he goes, I just, I just really, I said, what's been the key? And he goes, you just treat your employees right. You want them to be happy. And isn't that the truth? I mean, why, if you had people who you really appreciated, why would you want to go? Yeah. Let me really piss this motherfucker off. Why wouldn't you do just some things to make life better for them and appreciate, you know, where they're working so you don't lose them? You know, I mean, to me, it strikes me as a real kind of obvious tenet. And this is coming from somebody who I know isn't like delightful to be around, but, but still the principle of treating people well um, and doing what you would want if you were in, in their spot. And that, and that really, and I don't know where or if it was on the podcast or on TMA but when we started uh, Inside STL, a lot of it was like, okay, I see what these guys are doing at KFNS, and this is, you know, 15 years ago, that's pissing everybody off. I don't know what I'm doing, but I just know that I'm going to do the opposite of what they're doing because it's, it's, cause it's clearly really getting to the point of causing anarchy and people want to, you know, coup d'etat. So let's just make sure we don't do that shit. And with that established, one of the things that I've noticed in you know, I don't know what it's going to be like post pandemic, but certainly pre pandemic people wouldn't take their vacation time. And if they would, all it would take would be one motherfucker in, in the office to go, Oh, taking vacation to kind of like (laughs) guilt you about it. And so, you know, if I am, you know, the, the point person in a business, I want to make it clear and I'll say it in front of everyone. So that way it's made clear that, I would rather have people max out their vacation than have one person on the payroll discourage anybody from taking vacation. So I want to make that clear. You are encouraged to take the vacation allotted to you. Encouraged. Even if you're not going anywhere, just take the time. Take the time for yourself. If you have family, take the time to spend it with your family. Do whatever. the. It's none of my business. But recharge. Enjoy your fucking life, man. And, and I don't know, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I remember my dad one time and I, and I know, and I bring it up cause I know he's changed on this. It was like in the mid nineties, I feel like maybe early nineties probably cause I was still in high school. And, um, and there was a guy who worked in a, in a dry cleaners on Watson and, uh, Timmy, this guy works, has worked every day for the last, I don't know how many years. And I, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, that's so sad. That's what I was thinking. And I'm 14, 15. And he was talking about it like it was admirable. And I just thought it was the fucking saddest thing. I really did. I, I thought it was like, I mean, I get work ethic, but I just was like, that's so fucking sad. And I swear to you, it's not a bullshit story. It sounds like it's like one of those things that you make up. But I swear he died, you know, I feel like within a year of me, my dad introducing me to him. And, and I'm just like, God, is that what you, you know? So anyway... I don't know if the pandemic will change it because my mindset has always been max out vacation. People are going to hate, fine, fuck them, who cares? My wife and my son are the most important things, so, you know, fine. But, you know, whether whether I be operating the business or I'm considered one of the, the point people on a show, therefore, I want to make it clear to the people on the show or the people in the business that they are encouraged to take vacation. And people around the office will be discouraged from discouraging people that's the type of thing that'll get you called into the office, not taking the vacation, but it being the asshole goes, Oh, 
Didn't you just take time <laughs> off three months ago? You know what I'm talking about? Are you aware of this? I'm, yeah, my, my friends and I have a fictional spreadsheet. It's like anyway, anytime someone <laughs> says they're taking a vacation, I'm like, oh, it must be nice. Uh, we'll, we'll add it to the spreadsheet. Yeah, I think you're in the lead right now. Actually, I think it's a fictional spreadsheet. You someone think maybe, might, maybe Deebs is really Yeah, somebody it. might be updating it. Oh, I got yeah. a chance to meet Deebs. I'm a big Deebs guy Deebs and good I'm a big guy. G-Unit guy. Um, so this, this uh, R in the Midwest is asking, I know for me personally, I've left more than five days on the table each of the last five years. That will not be happening this year. COVID has led me to realize there is more to life than work. I'm 29. Um, I don't know. I, I, I certainly see something. I think uh, the same gentleman, Pete, he brought it up actually with regard to golf, how a lot of people are spending more time with their families and it, it cuts both ways. You know, it'd be, we'd, it would be so disingenuous to act like it is. There aren't moments where I envy you knowing you don't have a batshit two-year-old running <laughs> around your place. Uh, just like when my wife takes our son out to her parents and they're gone for the afternoon and I was like, oh my God, this is the fucking greatest. I have peace. I can work. I can go to the driving range. I can putt. I can do whatever. And he's not running around screaming. It's just, it's the great, it's the greatest thing, you know? Um, but I do think people now appreciate, uh, some of the things that, uh, they didn't before. And I think vacation would certainly fall under that umbrella. But I've always felt this. I feel real strongly about people taking vacation. And I don't know, you know, for TMA purposes, I don't know if it would be good. What do you think on this? This is not a question from the audience. This is kind of a uh, branching off of if it would be good if like at the start of the year we say, okay, we're going to take these five weeks off. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be cool, especially for like international travel. Yeah. That's that's something that I want to do a lot more of. Like, every time I do that, I just feel like a new person. I love it. And I just, you know, and that might be the way to do it. Um, On a show that is like a an, an ensemble, you know. I mean, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I don't know when the next time I'll get a chance to go somewhere, like, for a long period of time. That isn't happening. But, you know, for you guys, um, you know, uh, I, I, I just, I, that might be the best way to do it. But then it's understood. You know, listen, a day or here and there, you know, that might work. But, you know, as far as like week or two, like week long vacations, uh, you know, that stuff can't happen. So um, I don't know. I don't know. But that's something I've been thinking about. Should all this uh, come to fruition? All right. Next question. Hey, Tim, uh, with everything that is going on recently, it feels like most people are looking for a significant change. I believe that the desire for change was the impetus of both the Obama and Trump elections. What I find really strange, though, is that even though change is desired, many of the same politicians or at least the same party keep getting elected. For example, looking at the races for the House of Representatives, 348 of the 435 seats would be considered solid for one party or another. Uh, That means 80 percent of the races are not competitive. Why, if there is so much desire for change, do voters keep voting for the same party over and over? I understand. Good. You've already addressed what I was about to answer. Gerrymandering is a big factor. That's where I was going to, to go right away. Um, but it also almost seems like everyone wants other people to change, but are unwilling to do so themselves as if there's no desire to understand opposing opinions and a lack of compromise. Anyway, again, I am enjoying the show that comes from not caller Adam. Um, this is the first time since November, 2016. I feel like Donald Trump is not going to win the presidency. The first time I have felt that way. Um, I may have said something along the lines of that last podcast. It is the first time that I have felt that way. 
that doesn't mean that I'm saying Joe Biden will win. I'm still not sold that Joe Biden is going to actually be the candidate. But either way, uh, it's the first time. Even I, with the Lake of the Ozarks boat rally? I, we did hear from Biff that there is a Lake of the Ozarks boat rally where all of the proceeds will go to Trump's <laughs> campaign. I'm sure he's very grateful. But uh, it's, it's the first time. It's the first time. But, of course, in 2020, um, it's it's like dog years, you know. I mean, to think that, to think that. I mean, we're, what are we on here? June 9th? Okay, we're recording this on June 9th. And to think that three months ago, I was in Jupiter, Florida, covering a spring training game. Wow. It seemed, I mean, yeah, so right when I said it, it resonated with you. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're talking about a different decade. It seems so long ago. Yeah, and what was our topic of discussion then? Should Dylan Carlson make a major league <laughs> right. It couldn't have been, it couldn't yeah, be like, hot. I mean, it's holy shit. It's just, it's so... It's, you know, it's just, it's a different world. So what's three months from now? I mean, what's September 9th? So if you go prisoner of the moment, so that's what I recognize here. Um, you know, if it's just, if, if you're going to ISO in on the two candidates um, from a, from a democratic standpoint, you really could be in the category of not anybody but Biden, but a lot of other people but Biden, I think, would have people fired up, but he just doesn't, which is why, in addition to his age and perception of his capacity by certainly conservatives and some who are independents in the way that it is either real or being portrayed that he is losing his shit, um, which anytime we have that conversation, I'm like, well, what about the, the guy who's in the white? I mean, how, how is he like considered like, I don't know why for me, but whatever. It's where we are in 2020. Uh, that, um, that, that I think that it would be at this moment, a high probability. Biden is a favorite right now on Bovada, by the way, not substantial, just like Trump hasn't been a substantial one for a few months, but going back to January and February, he was a substantial, I think minus 60 or what, excuse me, minus 160, I think is some of the things I've said, the democratic party is minus 120 to win. Uh, Biden, I think is minus 110. This again, these are odds. It doesn't mean anything, you know. I mean, the, the, the only the only polls, unless there become big surprises uh, that matter, are like eight states and what their polling means. Everything. I mean, you can look at Missouri polling all day, and if you're a Trump guy, you know, get all excited about it. If you're a <laughs> Biden person, go, oh my God, it it just doesn't matter. Missouri's already chalked up for Trump. It's over, you know. Forget about it. California talk Kamala Harris all day long, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you know, California's going blue, so. Um, you know, the question is about change and yes, with regard to house races, because of gerrymandering, I mean, that's the answer that I, there's really nothing really more to elaborate on. That's that. Um, I did see a poll that I thought was interesting and eye opening that it isn't a house race and isn't a white house race. And I don't know if you've seen it. I'm going to ask you gangster Pete, I'm going to put you on the spot. You probably didn't see it, but just on the off chance to see if we're on the same page, a race when I saw the polling data that really surprised me. No idea. Mitch McConnell is currently losing in Kentucky. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, and again, it's by one percentage point, so it's All within right. the margin of error. And I couldn't even tell you who the lady is, who her name, who's running against him. But um, that, to me, would be something that would be significant. Um, Donald Trump winning, I wouldn't go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Joe Biden winning, I wouldn't go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Uh if you would have told me in 2018 that Joe Biden was going to be the nominee, I would have gone, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I would tell you that. But um, 
by March 2020, I'm like, shit, I think Joe Biden's going to wind up being the nominee because we either him or Bernie Sanders as things stand right now, which means his vice presidential nominee, vice presidential running mate, already was incredibly important because of age and perception, but also because of the time. And he's already committed to picking a woman. And uh, for the record, uh, Kamala Harris is the favorite, I think like a plus 125 and Val Demings. Uh, and I still have not gotten my bet cleared up about it, so I'm clearly not going to. Have they replied or anything? They just go, what's your bet reference number? So it's just like they back you. It's like when you call customer service and they go, well, who'd you talk to? Yeah. Oh, you motherfuckers. I know what you're doing. Uh, Val Deming's like plus 345. At least I have I put 50 bucks in at plus 2,000, so I'd win 1,000. But I should win 3,000. I'm getting banged out. But either way, if she is, I don't even know. Um, so I do think that there – here, here's – here because uh, to take it out of politics – and I don't think I said, because this happened over the weekend. I don't know where I say things, but I don't think I would have said this on TMA. And we've done two TMA since the weekend. But I saw as I was driving on, um, I think maybe it was after the interview that we did uh, yesterday, Pete, actually. As I was driving Saturday afternoon, we live by Geyer Road. And that was um, one of the main roads for the Kirkwood uh, protest. I know you're talking about it. I can't remember where I saw you say that. <laughs> I think I was in the conversation with the gentleman who came into okay. the family interview. I think. But, yeah. I think. Because I don't know where else I would have been, you know. And uh, and I remember seeing somebody, you know, the, the people who had marched were returning to their cars. I was driving. Um, and somebody had stopped. Uh, I believe it was a black guy in a pickup truck. And he stopped and he extended his arm out and fist bumped one of the white people who had just gotten done protesting. And I thought to myself, oftentimes I feel like people in my generation and then whatever the generation below our generation Pete is, I don't even know what the hell it is. The millennials, I have no fucking idea, but either way, people in their twenties, <laughs> there's, there's this longing to recreate the 1960s over like things that aren't remotely close to the issues that were fought for in the 1960s, whether you want to talk about civil rights or the Vietnam War, um, whatever whatever it is that you would want to cite from the 1960s, including an assassination of, of the president, um, you know, and, and everything that transpired in a decade in which I think, I mean, what, what do we have to work off of? But let me put it this way. How much different was the world in 1959 versus 1969? So what I would tell you is this, how much different uh, is the world in 2020 than from where it was in 2010? And it sure as hell to me feels a lot different. And, and to see that, I'm like, that's a moment that I'll always remember. That was, that was, there were cars up and down parked on either, either side of Geyer Road. And I think the thing that's standing out here with this is that for the African-American community, the reason why for a number of people this feels different is because a large number of white people are engaged in the marches. Not just white people, but it's, you know, it, the white people are participating along with Latinos, Asian Americans. It doesn't matter. The point is, is everybody is participating. It's not just um, African Americans marching. Um, something that a month ago would have been taboo to say in the white community, at least a large portion of the white community, Black Lives Matter, is now commonplace in, in four weeks' time, in really two weeks' time, actually. I think people are finally understanding what Black Lives Matter means. Right. Like, 
Yes. They, they couldn't get past that name for the longest time, and mm-hmm. now they understand it. And I think, you know, there's a guy, you, you may be familiar with him, you may not may not be, Pete, named Nick Wright. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. He's on yeah. Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, all I, I knew he was in Kansas City, um, and uh, and then I think he went to Houston, and now he's on Fox Sports, and he does one of those hot take shows. And I'm not putting it down. I just know that that's all I know him from. And then all of a sudden he went from having my hairstyle to to having like sick flow. I had no <laughs> idea what happened, and I know he got a lot of shit about getting hair transplants. I don't shot, know if I get that sick flow. I'd get it too, especially with this fucked up head. But um, but he uh, he said something, and LeBron James retweeted it, so it got even more attention. But he had this kind of solemn thing, and he goes, "Now we in the white community, who I think a, a healthy amount of people had always wondered if what we were hearing was was real, now we have video proof that this goes on." And so, even though I know there are still some who say, "Well, what about the riots? What about the looting? That doesn't justify it." And you know, the, you know, there don't you can't discard all of the police just because one bad apple. Just can't like you can't discard the protesters because of looters. Which, by the way, all that I'm I'm on board with. Uh, I get that. I get the perspective. I think it would be unfair to discount that and then all then focus on this. I think all of it needs to be in the discussion. But you're going, you're just sitting there and you're going, how the fuck is? I'm just looking at that video. How how is this even possible? How is this possible? And I've heard, um, and I don't know the gentleman's name. Uh, Chauvin is certainly the one who gets the most attention, but there were four officers, and the attorney for one of the officers says, and you can hear it in the video, my client asks, he says he can't breathe, should we roll him over? And and it didn't happen, and that's his defense as far as being, you know, charged with murder, um, which certainly is is what many want to see happen, and this is what his attorney's, uh, you know, trying to get out in front of that and explain and want people to pay attention to. But the overall premise being, now people who may have gone what, why black lives matter or, ah, I don't know. I mean, the people in the community I trust and I've had positive experiences with say, this isn't true. You know, it's essentially a, he said, he said, I, you know, why would I side? Why would I not side with them? And now here's video proof. And I think that, that I think, I think is the reason why this has had a bigger impact uh, I think, what do, why do you think? Cause I wonder about that. I don't, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it on the radio show. Right. Because I know, I know what it's going to wind up happening and I don't want to, I don't want it to go that route. I don't know what makes it different this time. I just think that it's really good that it seems like a lot of people of all different races and creeds are pulling together in the same direction. And I think that's great to see. I think a lot of like white people in the past, thought black lives matter was kind of like us versus them and they didn't they didn't see past that and now they realize that it's just humans that want to be treated like humans just like you and i and everybody else wants to be treated and i think for some reason i I don't know why that's resonating this time and i think that's a good thing yeah it's i mean you've seen there's just there really have been some videos uh there was one that the st louis post dispatch had of a, a young man i would say probably in his 20s black guy right at the uh, 40 Brentwood. I think he was on Brentwood heading northbound and the march was heading from the north down south Brentwood Boulevard. 
And he got out of his car and was not irritated by the fact that he couldn't move. He was giving high fives to everybody. And he goes, look at this. There are more white people out here than black people. <laughs> and it just meant the world to him. And you heard that from Alvin Mack when he was in. But that, that he said, that's what's going to have. That's what's going to cause the change. Right. And he asked the question. Now, it didn't necessarily, um, you know, I mean, I know he was asking me. But, you know, hearing, I guess, a little bit more about, you know, my life experiences and background. Obviously, it's not necessarily directed. But, but, but the premise being... Why would why would a group of people who are experiencing the benefits of the structure want to see the structure change, which is a fair question. But it always, for me, goes back to the greater good that, you know, uh, the proverbial high tide lifts all boats. And that is my premise. You know, if there if there was not the bigotry that we know exists, this latent racism, really, in St. Louis, I think St. Louis would be much better off. I don't really think it's a cutting edge take either. Um, so. I think that's part, I think that's why for like 20 plus years, I felt strongly about that part on the North side versus the South side thing. But as I said in him, it's just for some reason, it's always been a thing with me and I have no idea why it just happens to be like this hot button thing with me to the point that I think people like my white peers would be like, God, yeah, he's kind of weird about it, you know, but you know, now it's like, it's in vogue, but at the time it certainly was not. All right. Two more. Uh, Hey Tim, love the show. I appreciate the open forum type vibe you allow on QFTA. I have a couple of questions in regard to the KFNS ownership deal. For context, I grew up in St. Louis and recently moved to Austin last summer. I am 25 years old. As you've discussed, the possibility of taking the KFNS ownership deal across the goal line, it's gotten me excited about all the additional mediums, opportunities that would be available to the show that you and the TMA crew are a part of. Pepper and Jeannie first and foremost, of course. Uh, with the cult-like following that TMA has produced, I imagine a miniature version of Barstool on the Horizon, golf podcast, live stream of TMA, etc. These are just a couple of examples, but the sky's the limit. As dominant as Barstool is and has become, there's still a huge market. It's not been hit. This includes other cities throughout the country. There's a huge market for the TMA-style nitwittery down here. I think this gentleman said he's in Austin. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in my opinion, is this what you envision? I know there's a myriad of directions you could take this at the risk of rambling on. I'll end it here. Thanks. That comes from Caleb. And you know what he says, Gangster Pete? What's that? P.S. Gangster Pete is the goat. Oh, man. How about thanks. that? That's real sweet. It keeps, it keeps, you are tracking upward, perhaps. more. You and Iggy, your, your charts are skyrocketing. <laughs> well, there's the only one place to go from <laughs> That's there. That's right. At least you recognize that. Um, so... It's a great question. I love the que- these que- that's the wonderful thing about the audience outside of I think you would agree with this while the fan page can be what it is because, you know, as I said, the dog avatar is the white <laughs> sheet of the of the 21st century. Uh, it's an exaggeration, but um, you know, you can have tough guys on on social media. But when you're in person with the audience, there's Cam Jansen and Kate yet again. They're following us. Yeah. Um walking into the building. Um that you can get sharp shot, but when, you know, like hanging out with the people after the, the first round of the fan pen, I was just, I'm like, these are like people I could hang out with just bullshitting with them, you know, talking shit about each other and having fun. Uh, and, and that's, that's one of the things I love about this whole thing that's gone on over the last 16 years. But then also the audience gets it in a sense with questions. I don't think the audience takes offense when then I lay out reasons why or why not something may make sense. Uh, it's a great question. It's somewhat similar to one that um, I was asked a little bit earlier, but um, what you're saying as far as a model goes, you're exactly right um, in the sense that Barstool uh, and what Barstool has done is, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what, what greater compliment could I possibly give with an adjective than 
they're, they have a nine-figure valuation. I mean, fuck, you know, I, don't, I can say what they've done is great. I'm sure they'll take their nine-figure valuation over random guy in St. Louis saying, hey, what they've done is great. Um, so, you know, from our standpoint, you know, the, again, the thing that I would keep reemphasizing is we have just, you know, uh, just I keep saying it over and over again, it's a boring sound, but we have so much work to do. As you can imagine, it's not profitable right now. I don't think that's necessarily a bold thing to say. So we have a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. I might be, I might be bust in a year. That's a real possibility, man. And I don't say it as a joke. It's, it's something that I have to calculate as a possibility. Um, it's a real thing, but I believe that we have an opportunity when you have an opportunity game theory dictates you, you shoot your shot, man. You take your shot because you don't know how many you're going to get. And, um, and you do your damnedest with it, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I just don't want to be sitting around at 75 years old and going, man, what if I 35 years ago, I would have, you know, done what I thought was the right thing to do, even though I know the prospects with the circumstances and so on and so forth made it look like it was a, you know, going to be a hell of a lot of work and there's a good chance it wasn't going to work out. I still wouldn't want to take the shot. I mean, that's, that's, that's my mindset. Uh, I think if I had three kids and they were approaching high school, uh, maybe I wouldn't think that way. Um, and as I, as I'll continue to say, it'll be ad nauseum for people who read and listen to all of the things that, you know, whether it be TMA or the podcast posts on social media, uh, it'll be ad nauseum, but it, it goes back to the people who, are already in the building um, and the people who are bringing into the building. And that was the key that, that from a, de, from a decision standpoint, that is so critical. And that is why, um, you know, when it got down to it, I'm like, let's, let's see if we can make this happen. And again, we don't know that we will. And then if we can take care of the short term, which is going to be a lot of work, it's going to take a long time. Um, we are not projecting, you know, uh, to be profitable for a long time. Long time, of course, is relative. Um, but, you know, with that all said, uh, we certainly are not going, okay, this is just a St. Louis radio play. That's not what this is. You know, that's not what the people who are investing in it are viewing it as. They get what we're doing. They get what the vision is. Now, the execution, that's 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 on us to take care of. But they get the vision. They see how it's possible. And what you are saying is what we see as well. So uh, that's very astute, uh, Caleb. I tip my cap. Final one, opinion. I'm doing my best not to mischaracterize any portions of your wording here, but I've heard you mention a few times when discussing current hot-button topics, and I'm roughly paraphrasing here, that there are not people who actually are rooting for things to get worse, whether it be the administration, the pandemic, or the economy. All right, this is a, looks like a fan. It's not too long, but I want to stop right there because that's not what I say, but so I just want to... Uh, I say, I'm sure there are but we're talking about like wings of things. So I talk about bell curves. I'm talking about your extreme end of a bell curve. Uh, you know, like when Bill Maher said, I'm rooting for a recession, that type of thing. Um, or when Barack Obama was elected and Rush Limbaugh said, I want his presidency to fail. And people say, well, that's un-American. And then Bill Maher says, I want a recession. People say, that's un-American. Okay, cuts both ways. There's two, two examples, probably not alarming that both of them said it. Um, so... Yes, I do think it's going on, but I think it is going on in a sliver of the population. I continue to read. Uh, and this comes from Timmy Recap, so I have not read it yet, but I just know he has a good track record of sending in good questions. 
or opinions, as the case might be. While I agree that there, quote, shouldn't be people actively rooting for things to break bad, I can't help but observe a large number of people, media outlets included, that seem to be rooting for negativity and openly discounting any and all progress and positivity. This isn't to say those people slash media outlets truly want bad things to happen or continue to happen, although I'm sure there are a few of them not worth mentioning, but these people slash outlets need bad things to happen or continue to happen in order to justify their narratives, initial reactionary arguments, and shouting down of anyone not choosing to buy into every small bit of negativity in any of these surrounding topics previously mentioned. And in needing these things to happen in order to justify their articles, lower thirds, and arguments, they, the, the way it comes across is that they're actively rooting for objectively bad shit, even if that isn't what they truly want to see happen. With people, I suppose this is more of an issue of continuing to deeply entrench one's self and arguments which are unwilling to evolve despite new data with media outlets i suppose this is a feature not a bug it is the business model an extremely lucrative business model and as everyone must say so as to not catch hell i recognize and acknowledge this nature happens everywhere this isn't a singular issue hopefully the sentiment of this email makes sense thanks that comes from tim so there really isn't a question there i don't think he said it's just an opinion kind of thing. yeah so he did he did so i was trying to figure out what i could um, I don't, I, I guess I might, if it were, and if you were sitting here, I would say, well, what are you talking about? Like, can you give me some examples that you're thinking of when you write this opinion? Um, but before I elaborate, uh, but I just, so out of the outset, the first paragraph where I, because I do, I do think there are people who want this to be bad. I just think it is a sliver. So when we have the conversation, which is why I don't have the conversation on TMA, uh, because I know Doug thinks that it's a huge amount of people who want it to the pandemic to be huge and the economy to collapse because they are so anti-Trump. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I just don't see it that way. And now we're going to, you know, and then, then we're going to talk about like the numbers and we're going to debate. Well, I mean, they say that, you know, 110,000 people have died of COVID, but you know, I mean, the, you know, they're counting people who died of heart attacks and then it becomes, then it's like now we're debating, you know, whether or not, and then it just becomes a, you know, it's just a shit show and it's not anything I'm interested in participating in. So Pete, what did you think about, uh, Timmy recaps, uh, email? Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely people on both sides that consider it kind of like scoring points when something good happens for their side or something bad for the other side. But I think most people just want to see good things happen. Uh, I mean, that's basically how I see it. I think most people want the best for everyone. I had a, um, a gentleman who's a good guy on the fan page. I know he's a good guy. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know him at all. I don't think I do anyway. So if I do. So, you know, right now, per Johns Hopkins, for the record, 111,194 deaths from COVID in the United States. And I was on this podcast, I think in April, as always. I remember where I was when I said it, which I know is goofy, but that's how I remember it. And I know I was in Florida until March 27th. So I was in my basement. And I said, I will bet you that there won't be, I can't remember what the figure was, uh, X amount of deaths because I think they came out and said, we're expecting this many deaths. And it was like initially oh, yeah. hundred thousand and then somehow it went up to 200 something, something like right. where it just was like an aggressive leap. And so I go, they oh, could say we were way exactly. under that number. We did a great job. And I'm like, so what I'm telling you is I don't expect there to be a hundred thousand deaths. And yet here we are 111,194 deaths, which I really did not think was going to happen. That wasn't based on any medical basis. Of course, it was based on the behavior of the president over his four years in office and just the, the games that, that are played. So with that all said, um, uh, I really did not think that was going to happen. So as far as that bar goes, um, because that's the bar that he set, and I'm like, okay, well, then he knows it's not going to happen. So that's why then he'll say, we see, we saved a bunch of lives. And now it becomes, well, were they really COVID deaths? That's the new thing. 
So with that established, what I have noticed, you know, I'm still doing the show for my house for however long that'll, that'll go on. And so I'm up as Pete and I know, uh, or Pete knows because I'm texting with Pete before the show starts at whatever time, you know, we start texting or emailing, whatever. And there's just nothing to fucking watch. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know what to watch. Obviously, I, I didn't like Sports Center when there was sports going on. Van Pelt, I like, but uh, normal Sports Center certainly not, not right now. And I'll just I'll put on news programs, and I can't help. I mean, I, it, this morning actually was at a point where I was flipping around, and I have I, I put CNN on, and and I, I it was ten seconds. I go, you got to be kidding me. You know, it, it just, and I don't even want to go into it because it could, it could like ignite somebody's anger of me calling it bullshit. But I, I'm just like this. It's so absurd now to the way I watched Fox News during the Obama administration. And I'm just like, how do people not see this? I'm now watching CNN and going, I mean, how do people not see this? It's, and it's such a shame. Um, but I mean, what's my alternative? Watch like somebody who, you know, you know, given a weather forecast and also trying out their standup act on the local affiliate. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. That's going to put me in an even shittier mood. So then I just go on mute and I'm, you know, reading Pete's links, which are wonderful. Five star Thank across you. the board, the greatest links going, um, or just watch it on YouTube, you know, and that's, that's where I, that's where I get my stuff. Um, because it's just, it's so, it's so, so off the rails, but I think what people picture is the people who are watching, you know, either Fox News or CNN, and I guess, you know, to an extent, MSNBC, and I say to an extent because I don't think it's nearly as popular, but maybe it is. I don't know. I don't monitor cable news ratings. Is that they're doing it to be malicious against the other side, where in reality, it's just what they watch because it is, it's reaffirming in their bubble. So when I'm at my parents' house, I assure you, my dad's not watching <laughs> Rachel Maddow. Probably not groundbreaking shit for a 70-something in South City uh, Irish Catholic, you know, that he's not watching, you know, that he's, he's got Fox news on. So, you know, kind of go whatever. So that's, that's, that's what then formulates his perception. Um, if I am at, you know, take your pick of whomever you think of as being super liberal. I don't even know who that person would be. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Fox news isn't on in their place. That's why I go back to, I like reading and it's not to say that, oh, this is so, look at me, you know, here's my virtue. Take, you know, talk about how wonderful it is. I just, I find it to be actual information. It's like if I'm reading an article from Fox News or CNN or one of the things when somebody posts something on the fan page. I like these dudes on the fan page now, Pete. Well, I don't even know who the fuck they are. I don't <laughs> right. know the real people. And they just drop by to drop off some moron link about whatever is going to like reaffirm their jack off political position on COVID or the you know, the protest, it's just like, I, part of me wants to just like shut the, that part, that, those people get that out. Right. I'm like, I'm not going to pick and choose. So and they never really get much response. Kind of like the guy that's posting the horse racing thing. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I've noticed I haven't seen a comment, a like on any of them. We just keep coming. Like, I almost wanted to read it. Like, what yeah, is this? I, what is this? But either way, um, to me, to read the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal, it's just, it's a, it's in a different world as far as sourced information. But even then, I noticed things, I, or not noticed, I noticed things that I go, God, ah. So I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer on what is the better way to get the information. Um, 
you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like I could, what do you think on this one? Here's the, here's a question. I don't want to ask it on TMA, which is, I guess <laughs> should be the title of this QFTA. I don't right. want to talk about this on TMA. Not TMA. QFTA. Yeah, exactly. When somebody says, well, everybody was wrong. That's their out for president Trump in January and February. Right. What do you think about that? I mean, it just, it sounds biased when I, it, Whenever somebody paints with such a broad brush, I immediately am like, okay, they have an agenda here. I just, I, I, I maybe I'm wrong on this, and I, I will welcome feedback on it. I welcome it. And listen, it can be hate mail. It's fine. Again, usually if you leave personal attacks out, it, it gives credibility to it. So if you disagree and you see it, but that's what, I, that's what I think it is because he was like the most obvious one who was wrong, but, but it wasn't necessarily because it was wrong. It's because you, you don't believe that he's being honest about what he thinks is going on. That's the difference. Do you think Fauci was intentionally misleading people in that soundbite that is often used uh, from January 20th or 19th or 21st or whatever it was? Um, and then the people who then fell along the exact lines you thought they would from cable news to radio to podcasts, Th that's a different deal too, you know, but show me the person you go, well, that person's conservative, but they really had, and they said this, you know, here, we're having this interview with this person, or I have spoken with people in the medical field and they say that this is going to be or this person, you know, or when it was like the economy needs to be shut down indefinitely, you know, and if you don't think so, then you are pro people dying in the streets, you know, somebody who's liberal going, yeah, I understand, but here, you know, in other words, for the most part, a lot of people who are in those prominent spots fell along their lines. But still, and I think we talked about it last week, you know, somehow, I don't even know how, how I said on TMA, you've noticed, because people were like, why didn't you guys talk about George Floyd on TMA? And I said, if you've noticed, we haven't talked about the pandemic for two and a half months at this point, two months, I guess, at that point. And somebody texted me, well, that's because you were dead wrong about it. And I'm going, what the fuck was I dead wrong? I mean, do you really, but I get, but I mean, if you really like her in your bubble and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this, I'm like, okay, 111,000 people. I guess I was, I guess I, cause I didn't think there were going to be a hundred thousand people, but I doubt that's what the take was. The take was probably, it wasn't as bad as they said it was going to be. It's like 111,000 people have died from it. Yeah, but not there, not all there's counting. There's any people who already dies. And it's, you, and then you just go, okay, then we can't have a conversation about it because as always they say, Happy to debate philosophy. I can't debate truths. But if you're saying, well, no, you have false information, fake news, even though it is from Johns Hopkins Medical Center, systems science and engineering. But if you think it's fake, then I can't. I mean, then at that point now, but that's where we are, I think. I think that's I think that's where it is. Um, you just kind of throw your hands up in the air. But as far as, you know, and I remember saying this and then the cat going, oh, you're supposed to draw a line in the sand. I know he was mocking it that I said, you know, I, this thing with, I understand where people are coming from with going, yeah, we're going to have a real problem economically if we just shut this thing down indefinitely. And at the same time, how serious is the situation? Because we know, I know of people who have gotten sick and died because of it. Now at this point, you've got, whether it be John Kelly, Jim Edmonds, uh, at this point, I feel like a bunch of people, minus, you know, obviously the outset in the NBA. Who else? Who are some obvious ones that uh, Tom Hanks was one of the Rudy Gobert. Yeah, with the, with the, what happened with the Jazz. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's certainly still going on to an extent, but I mean, the overall premise was, and this is what I was getting to with the post on the fan page, that the person said, what do you think? Tim said that 
even with what's going on with the George Floyd thing, he still would take, and I'm like, well, I got to get in here. I got to get in here because that's not what I said. What I've said going back to March, again, annoying disclaimer, but I remember <laughs> where I was and I was in my, you know, I was in Florida. Uh, and uh, I said, who wants to see people die and see the economy collapse? And I asked the same question in, in June. Who wants to see the economy absolutely collapse and tens of thousands of Americans. And then at that point, a very good chance that someone, you know, possibly yourself die from this thing. Who wants that? And while I realize if we're looking at the bell curve, you go, okay, down here, Bill Maher said he wanted a recession. Okay, sure. And then somebody that you picture just absolutely is consumed by Donald Trump. Yes. But if you give me the option and this was talked about in March, so it doesn't have the context. And that's why I wanted to explain the context of what has taken place recently. So I felt like adding that made it like, oh, he doesn't care about that. And that's, and I know that's not what the guy was trying to do because I know he's a decent guy. That if you give me the choice of Donald Trump through 2024 or a great depression like economy and hundreds of thousands of Americans dying of this thing, it's an insta-call. It's an insta-call. And I don't, I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess if that makes me the bad guy, then fuck, things have really, the, 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 the forum has moved in a way that I'm unfamiliar with. I don't really think that's a bold take. I don't want to see more Americans die from this thing or people around the world, and I don't want to see our economy collapse. And if the trade-off is Donald Trump for four more years, which don't get me wrong, I recognize from my standpoint anyway, comes with risk. I'm still going to take, I'm going to take the option given to me. If you can say the coronavirus goes away and they announce that they have a vaccine today, probably going to mean Donald Trump is reelected. I'll go, fine, fucking great. It's not even a sweat. It's not even a sweat. And there, there is not a human being you could put forth as an alternative living human being who I'd go, ah, I guess I'll vote for Donald Trump. That's where I am. But yet still, if you say there's a vaccine, the economy now is going to go back to where it was in January, and now anybody who has this is going to be able to get it and they will be cured and the virus is in the rearview mirror, but that means Donald Trump is going to take credit for it and get reelected. I'll be like, ah, fuck that. In that sense, that sucks, but I will take it all day over the alternative. And I feel like that's kind of like an, a layup. And, and, and once I was able to inject, you know, what the context I said it in, people, I think, understood. And the gentleman was apologetic, even though I know he didn't do it maliciously. Pete, do you see it the same way or do you see it differently? And if you no, do, I, I, maybe I want to. I see it exactly the same way. Okay. I, I, too, am anti-global pandemic and economic collapse. Not a hot take, really. <laughs> I know. It's weird. <laughs> Not a hot take. But again, I, if you just heard, it was the first time he heard it. And, you know, and so I was like, wow, you're saying this now. And I'm like, yeah, but I've been saying it since March. So it's a different deal. Uh, all right, that wraps it up. Uh, questions from the audience. Another wonderful sponsor is on board here, and that is Restoration One. Restoration One, Jim Rogers, when my basement was having all hell break loose. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I was very fortunate that Jim Rogers is a loyal listener. He is with Restoration One of Central St. Louis. The phone number is 314-888-5266. So, You've got water in your basement, basement's flooding, you've got uh, mold remediation, fire and smoke restoration, COVID disinfecting, it doesn't matter. That's what he does. Uh, 314-888-5266 or go online at restoration1ofcentralstlouis.com. I'm a customer. 
Seamaster uh, is a customer. James Carlton's a customer. Mark Milton and his 21 Handicap, a customer. Matt Rocchio's mom, a customer. Uh, it's Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. 314-888-5266. So grateful for what Jim Rogers did when we were going through that last year. Uh, and also, of course, Design Air Heating and Cooling. My air conditioning just shut down last week. First time. Uh, I've been in the house for seven years. And uh, it just shut down, and I'm like, oh, crap. They were out because we knew we were having problems with it, and they said they needed a part. And so when I texted Seth, I'm like, I know we might be waiting for a part. He goes, no, I'm going to have somebody there right away. And I guess they just used a temporary part, and then within a half hour of my text to Seth, the air conditioning was fixed. But it's not just me. This is These are stories from across the board in our listenership. Anytime you have an HVAC issue, Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com, period. It's it's just, that's the that's it. You need to know that name and know that uh, website, and that's where you're going, designairservice.com. All right, that wraps up questions from the audience. For Gangster Pete, I'm Tim McKernan. Thank you for listening again to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show from the homeloanexpert.com studios on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.